Welcome to the Agile Career Podcast, where we will take you on the journey from employed for life to employable for life. We'll give you the tips, insights, and strategies to help you build the transferable skills that you'll need. So let's get started. Please welcome your host, Gunter Richter. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Agile Career Podcast. This is episode 15. I'm sure you'll agree that all our guests to date have been great, and today is no exception. I'm really happy today to be joined by a longtime friend of mine, Timothy Van Arder. Tim and I go back many years. We met in school in 1987, and uh, as such, I've been quite aware of his journey and uh, you know where he is now and the sort of steps he's gone through. And I was really keen that Tim came on the show and shared his journey and talked us through his experiences and his learnings uh, in going from uh, ultimately where he started his career, like many of us in the corporate world, to where he is now. Uh, as Tim will say in the interview or explain, he was at a point where he wasn't feeling really fulfilled and perhaps lacked a bit of purpose in his corporate job. And he set about on a journey of introspection and learning and development to ultimately find that role that was right for him, that role that would give him the fulfillment that he that he so desired. So this show is all focused around finding your purpose. And um, I'm sure you'll get loads of insight out of it. Tim's got some really great stories and insight to share. So without further ado, uh, let's jump into the interview. Tim, welcome to the Agile Career Podcast. I'm really glad to have you here today. Thank you, Gunther. And it's a pleasure to be here. And I look forward to this this conversation we're going to have. Yeah, no, uh, thanks again. And also, you know, we've managed to make things work. Uh, Tim's coming to us from Western Australia today. So we're dealing with a bit of a time difference as well. So we've certainly managed to to have all the cards fall into place. So um, yeah, no, I'm really I'm really chuffed that it's worked out. Um, Tim, do you want to spend a few moments and talk a little bit about yourself, uh, introduce yourself, and you know tell the the listeners what it is you do at the moment? Yeah, thank you, Gunter. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, my name's Tim, and uh, uh, I've met uh, Gunter many years ago. Uh, I moved to South Africa from Australia. And uh, I remember in the class, uh, Gunther thought I was German. So there's always been this uh, connection as we were foreigners. And uh, yeah, I even remember the joke uh, he passed about being a kangaroo or hopping like a kangaroo. I can't remember the joke. But yeah, that's where it all started. And uh, I think in life we go through different journeys. And we should be open to unexpected things. So my course has been very unexpected uh, and that makes it exciting because if it's if it's just the same journey all the time uh, well it gets boring it gets uh, there's no excitement and there's no color of life and it's really that color of life that makes it it's exciting and uh, so I've been through a long journey to many different countries and it's yeah colorful journey yeah, I think that's a great analogy. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that comes up during the shows is, uh, you know, people talking about their experiences, you know, whether it's moving from corporate role to corporate role. And you, you've spoken about geographical changes, but I think, you know, those those are big things by themselves, you know, moving countries a number of times. And um, we're definitely going to drill into that a little bit about uh, a little bit in the, in the show. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about what you do right now, uh, what your current role is? Yeah, so my current role is I pastor some churches in Western Australia. So, uh, but uh, part of that is reaching out to the community, showing love, and a lot of uh, social development and social projects, and uh, and just helping people find meaning and purpose in life. And uh, and that's very a very satisfying. Uh, journey to be on to find purpose in life and uh yeah that's yeah. uh yeah i, I think you, you know and it, it's it's um i guess not an unusual role you, you know there's um there's a i guess you know cross-section looking across a number of countries you know not unusual roles to be involved in the church or community-based organizations helping the community helping people develop themselves but i guess What's interesting is maybe casting your mind back to the end of school, thinking about where you were going to head for a career, what you might be studying. That, that, that probably wasn't 
your your view at the time i mean you know what were your thoughts as you were exiting school and you needed to start thinking about a career yeah thank you gunter so it, it was the last thought of my mind so when i exited it was very economical based i i ended up studying accounting and that's very uncolorful so the contrast is completely the opposite and in a sense i'm glad i've been rest i couldn't say rescued but uh, gone on this journey and uh when I entered the accounting world, I I didn't get the satisfaction that I thought I would get. And 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 I think that's a very, very important thing to find meaning, purpose, and satisfaction in what you're doing. You have to have satisfaction. I mean, life's too short. If we don't enjoy what we're doing and we don't love what we're doing, it's probably better to change. Yeah, no, that's that's a great piece of advice. And I, you know, thinking back to those days when you uh, when you were studying accountancy and you were working, I think at it was Ernst and Young in those days. You know, one of the things that struck me was you were you were very passionate about what you were doing because you spoke a lot about the work you were doing and and that sort of thing. But I think, as you say, maybe taking that introspective view and and thinking about the level of satisfaction you were getting out of that or the level of 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 meaning wasn't quite what you expected. And uh, I guess that's then. What got you thinking about your next move? Um, because what did you do? If I remember correctly, it was after that stint at, at, at working in the corporate world, you essentially went back to to do some more studying. You went back to university. Yeah. I, so working in the corporate world, uh, I, I got exposed to uh, working in, the, in a big environment. Uh, I was doing um, management of consultants, doing accounting. And... Uh, and and yeah, it didn't it it didn't expose me to any new ideas. And so I've always been somebody that wants to be challenged by new thinking and new ideas. And so I thought the the best thing is to go back and study. And so I think it's never too late to study. I studied and uh, finished my studies and started working. And and I think I was in my late twenties when I decided to to go study again. Uh, and it came as a, a real conviction that uh, I need to do this. And I think uh, uh, purpose, changing purposes, there has to be that conviction. It, it's, there sh- it, sh- it shouldn't be changing uh, just because I want to try a new thing. It should really be I'm looking for meaning and purpose. And what I'm doing is not giving me the meaning and purpose that I need in life. And so when I did that, I did find purpose in many different ways. And uh, yeah, then I I think that's the journey a person should always be in. Is this giving me the purpose purpose in my life? That's super uh, advice. And and I guess two things to draw out there. And the one is thinking firstly about that purpose and that meaning. And the other one is, you know, whether it is or whether it isn't, but thinking about a change what, what is it that you want? What are you looking for? And and this has been a kind of common theme that, that guests have brought up in the podcast is when you're wanting to make those changes, think about what it is you're wanting to do. Uh, you know, don't go into it blindly. There's, there's different ways you can do it. You know, you can do a bit of internship. You can you can try something out. You can do a side project, take a part-time job, all these sorts of things. Think, of, you know, think about carefully about what it is you wanted to do. And um, I guess what was your thinking, you know, because you chose uh, then, as, as you said, to go back and study. I think you, you chose a theology degree, you know, I guess, yeah. I guess kind of what led you to led you to that? Because you, you could have gone and studied physics or astronomy or um, people science or anything, you know, you know what, what led you to that decision? Yeah, I, I think... Uh... I, I didn't end up, I studied theology, but I first ended up studying counseling. So I saw myself as ending to be a counselor and wanting to do psychology and counseling. And there was a big part of my degree. And it, what drew me was the human aspects. Uh, accountancy wasn't very good, many social contacts. It was very limited in the, in the interactions I had. And so I really desired and craved human interaction fulfilling relationships and 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 so I pursued a path of going for counseling and on this journey I found myself becoming very interested in in theology so that was also another change of direction and uh, and and so that was also unexpected and that became uh, a 
just a passion of mine, and I saw myself uh, serving in, a, in, in the church. And, uh, yeah, I had a radical experience. Uh, they call it a conversion experience, and that changed, changed me. Uh, but, yeah, we can have different kind of conversion experience. This is a religion, religious conversion, but uh, I think uh, we can be converted from a certain type of thinking to another type of thinking. And so to go through, to change things, there has to be some, I think, some kind of conversion in us, you know, a change. And we have to be open to that change. Uh, it's not just pursuing the purpose, uh, but it's, it's that change that comes in us. And, and, and that's, we grow as people, we get new exposures, uh, and, and yeah, and we go into areas where we feel a bit uncomfortable at first. And, and it, but it's becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable that, uh, that allows us to grow. So, uh, yeah, developing as people and growing is such a big, important part of life. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. No, 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 good. To, sorry. And I was going to say, you know, you've, you've shared a massive amount of value sort of just in those few sentences there. And I think, uh, you know, thinking about that conversion analogy, as you say, you know, your experience and your experience was a religious one. Uh, you know, for others, it could mean other things. It could be some other sort of insight. And um, I think that's that's a really great way to describe it. One of my previous guests, we were talking about change and he said change doesn't happen without emotion. Uh, ah. And it's that, that emotional aspect that really drives you to make those big changes. Uh, you know, so so again, one of those common threads that seems to be coming out in these interviews is, I guess, what drives us to change. And then following on from there, as you say, you know, challenging yourself and um, and becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable. I think I think that's really great, uh, a great way to describe it. And I guess moving from that corporate world moving into the world of, of, of uh, again, you know, learning about counseling and learning theology was quite a shift. You know, how did you deal with some of those changes? Yeah, it is, it is quite a shift from accounting to humanities. The, what I did would be under the field of humanities. Uh, and, and that process, I learned to be flexible. I think accountants, and this may be generalizing, accountants tend to be very inflexible, and so we have a certain, they had a certain view of the world uh, through the lens of accounting in a very inflexible world. And, and so becoming more flexible uh, and, and embracing the change and, 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 uh, and a person doesn't know where you will end up. And uh, uh, just being satisfied, taking the next step. And it's, it's walking. And sometimes I, I I've always been someone that wanted to see the long-range purpose, uh, but the best is just to take those small steps and fi find out it, it might go in directions you've never thought it would go, and that has been part of my journey, uh, just becoming open, open to the journey. In Australia, they love to use the word that, yeah, they don't ask you how you're doing, how you're going, they ask you, how are you traveling, you know? So I've always thought that's a very strange metaphor. They keep asking you in Australia, how are you traveling, you know? Because it's all about how you're traveling, the journey you're traveling on, the experiences you're getting. And, uh, and reflecting on what you've said, the previous person said in emotions, uh, yeah, emotions is a good catalyst to take you on that journey. I was very emotionally unsatisfied in what I did. But I've been emotionally satisfied in what I'm doing now. Uh, yeah, and I mean that's that's really testament to I think having found your purpose and making the right choice. And just to draw back on two of the things you said, you know, two of the key things you learned, or uh, yeah, I guess learned was was the ability to be flexible and to embrace change. And I think already they're starting to see those emerge as these transferable skills because certainly as we continue talking about your journey, to keep with the Australian analogy, I guess there's definitely going to be elements of your career where being flexible and embracing change were absolutely critical to, to I think, you making a success of some of the things you were doing. So I'm, I'm really glad you drew those out. Um, so I guess then, you know, taking uh, taking yourself forward in the field of humanities, uh, you know, counselling, again, developing a set of skills that are very people-focused and that have obviously served you well in your career. 
studying theology, um, you got to a point where you were, you were graduating again. Um, and it was time then to, I guess, start thinking about how you apply some of those skills and that knowledge you've learned. What was your next move? Uh, in, in again, I guess, re-entering the working world. Yeah, thank, thank you. Uh, so that is the challenge. Uh, you're in the working world and then to giving up and, and for me, uh, going full-time into studies again. And I don't think a person has to do that. You can continue working and the change can be more gradual. Uh, I had to make that break and I could make that break. I think many people may, because of financial circumstances, may not be able to do that. Uh, and then I was able to be immersed in this, this new experience. Uh, and as I went, I changed from wanting to do counseling and into going into the church. And, and then I started meeting a different cultures. I had a w- wide exposure to people from different cultures. So where I lived in South Africa was a university town, and we had uh, many Africans and people from very dis- various different countries. And that enriched and really enriched my life. And I became excited in not just anthropology, but uh, learning about different cultures. And so... Uh, uh, yeah, that, that's something I didn't expect while I was going on this journey. And 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 then that also evoked another passion. Uh, yeah, and then I changed from uh, just becoming an ordinary minister to saying, well, what? Why not? Why not be open to going to another country? And, uh, and I was invited by someone to a country called Burundi. Now, this country had been for a genocide. And in 1994, when the South Africa had elections, the genocide was completely, it was almost out of the news. The focus was on the great change happening in South Africa with Nelson Mandela. And I'd seen these pictures already then, and something struck my heart. Little, little to behold that I would end up going to one of these countries that was really part of this genocide experience. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but it came with meeting somebody who really introduced me into, into the realities of that world and inviting me. So part of that journey is the people we meet along the way. So our journey changes as we interact with others and they, they invite us to travel with them. Uh, and it, I must tell you, it's fairly scary when you start going on that journey, you know? I, I I never thought I would end up in Burundi. It was the last place I would go. Uh, but when I was invited by this person and he shared the brokenness in the country, the devastation, and I had studied and he said, but you're the kind of person we need. I thought, well, this makes sense of my studies and purpose uh, because I can add meaning to others' lives, which adds meaning to our lives. And so I think meaning comes not just trying to find meaning for ourselves, but can I give meaning to others and they give meaning to you? So it's this interaction between people. Yeah, it's that re- it's 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 cyclical, it's reciprocal, and I think um, you know you've you've highlighted some great things there. Talking about going through some really turbulent change uh, in 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 South Africa in 1994, you know, and thinking you know times are tough, or you know we don't know what's coming, we're dealing with a lot of unknowns, but then. Comparing that to what people had gone through in a in a in a war torn, uh, genocidal environment like Burundi, you, you know, absolutely makes you look back and think. So many we got things easy, you know, when we think about some of the the, the, the trials and tribulations and horrors that other people have gone through. And I think, um, you know, having that uh, being highlighted is was 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 quite amazing. And a chance meeting, as you say, it's it's the people you meet and those chance meetings that often change change your course. So. And I, I, so I guess you you then saw this. Okay, I, you know it's it's um this is going to be my big move. Um, I'm going to move countries again. Uh, you know how how did you follow that through? So so make yeah. So I think it all begins with making that decision. And uh, and I tell you, when you make the decision, most people think you're nuts. They really really uh, making the shift from accounting to theology or going to study was easier. Then making the shift from 
going to South Africa to this other country because even the people in that community in the church said, they questioned me. So, you know, they questioned, how did God speak to me? You know, why do I want to go there? So I think in a lot of things, when you're dealing with wanting to make big changes, there can be a lot of negativity. People will question you. Uh, you're crazy. You're out of your mind. You can question yourself. Uh, but you just sense that this is something you have to do. And I had that sense, uh, inner conviction. And, uh, and, and, and as you take that, those, those steps, the, the door opens. So I, when I took it, because no one believed in me, I ended up resigning from the church. I said, I'm resigning and took a complete step of risk. So in the church, they would call it faith. So it's, it's a complete risk. And uh, because I was convicted, this is what I needed to do. And as I did, finances came. I had a complete stranger uh, donate 25,000 US dollars to me. And uh, I remember I was on my way to the church and they said, look, you're not really in line with us anymore. So you can't continue to, to preach here anymore. And, and I said, well, that's fine. I would rather be without a job and do what I need to do and have purpose than, than just do this if this is not what I'm meant to do. And, uh, and yeah, this complete stranger donated this, this money. And so I think that was how it started, taking that, those tips of risks. And, uh, yeah, it's a risk. And, uh, and, and once you take those steps, things start falling in place. And uh, then I got invited by people wanting to support me. Different churches came and they want to send you. They want to hear about your story. Why do you want to go there? You know? And uh, yeah. And then the journey begins. And you cannot prepare for the journey. You cannot prepare for the journey. I, I, you cannot prepare enough for the journey. Yeah. And, and yeah. You know, that's and, and and I guess you know, moving away from the metaphorical journey to the to the actual journey, um, you know, it wasn't a simple state of you know getting onto a plane and flying to um, is it Kigali? Uh, uh, so I've been I've been to Kigali, but it's uh, it's the country next to it, Burundi. So uh, the capital is Bujumbura. All ah, right, a good point. And and, uh, and so it then becomes the logistics. So you got a you got a vision. And I remember we flew there the first time and I landed there and I had committed to do this without having even gone there. So, uh, uh, and my wife agreed and she imagined we living in a hut, you know. So I've never visited the country. I just knew this is what I had to do. And so when you get there, and I remember we stayed in the street of the, the vice president's living down the road from where we stayed. And there used to be a tank in the street. And I... When we came to where we stayed, we just, when you turn the corner into a street, you had to be careful not to run into this tank. So people were quite paranoid, uh, these uh, politicians and the vice president and uh, some people. But, uh, and these things could scare you. And, uh, and it's a complete culture shock when you make these changes. But I just, uh, and you, you don't know what you're in for when you take, the, when you take that leap. So we went to visit and then uh, saw this, what it meant to be there. And uh, yeah, then we drove up. And I think uh, traveling up and driving up was quite an experience because it gave me perspective of all the different countries and where a place is. So getting that, that bird's eye perspective, uh, now not changing from here to there, uh, but realizing that there is a journey seeing the, the going on that journey and, and getting to experience something of, uh, yeah, I saw many African countries and on the way and even face challenges going there. But the challenges should never put us off. You know, those challenges uh, grow us, stretch us, and uh, yeah. And uh, I mean, just and talking about that journey, I just kind of want to bring a sense of scale to that, you know, so you talked about driving, you, you made your first trip, you know, you're flying. And I guess that's 
fairly binary. You know, you see the inside of one airport and you're on a yeah. on a plane for a few hours and then you're magically transported to to this new environment. Uh, I think obviously driving there does bring a different sense of perspective, as you say, and all those experiences. Uh, but I guess especially for listeners in the UK, just to bring a sense of scale, driving from what I guess Johannesburg to Burundi, uh, you, you know, what sort of distance was that? If you know offhand. Yeah, so that is, if I think we measured it, it's 5,500 kilometers. So that's uh, like and 3,300 3, miles, which is massive. Yeah, which which is, I didn't know how big Africa was until you go on the journey. And uh, passing through different, many different countries, but that was part of the p- preparation. Uh, getting to know, uh, to see where you're going realizing that what it's really like in Africa, uh, and Africa is completely different than South Africa. I think uh, we, we think uh, we get some taste of Africa and South Africa, but it's, it's, it's not Africa. Uh, uh, yeah, Africa, a lot of, there's no infrastructure. The organization is completely different. Uh, so you face a lot of challenges. So I'm, I'm, one aspect is, Traveling on the journey prepared me for some of the challenges we could we could face traveling there. Uh, you know, there was no roads at the time I went. Many they were still building roads to some parts of of Burundi, and uh, traveling on these roads and there's no roads uh, just sort of uh, made me realize that in life there's no map. Sometimes we just have to go with it. We just have to. Uh, sometimes we want to calculate it so so and have it so neat, and we say, "Well, just go down this road and see where it takes you." Uh, and we, you can plan it as much as you want to, and you can figure it out as great as you want to. But there's always things that come up you haven't planned. So let me give you an example. We're driving through Tanzania, and they will tell us, "Look, if you go down this road, there's bandits. You have to change directions, and so you find yourself going another course." find yourself driving for game parks and you look out the window and suddenly <laughs> flash my torch out the window and there's an elephant right next to the, right next to the car, you know? So it, it brings some kind of completely unexpected things. And, and, uh, and driving into Burundi uh, was extremely dangerous. The roads were some of the most dangerous roads I've, I've ever been on. And uh, yeah, I guess the key thing to highlight there is um, in saying that you're going to have to deal with unexpected things and, you know, you can't always have a map uh, because some of that stuff's not mapped out and there's going to be these things that come up. But I think the important thing is you knew where you were going. You you had that sense of this is where I need to get to. So you'd set that target, you'd set those objectives and, you know, getting there was then solving those problems and overcoming those barriers as and as when you encountered them. I mean, how, yep. how long did that drive take you? So the the drive would take me about 14 days just to get there. And uh, so it's, yeah, it's quite a drive. And uh, yeah. And when I, when we got there, uh, yeah, I remember staying in a, a completely in a hotel and uh, ended up just staying two weeks in a hotel and waiting for a house to be prepared. And uh, yeah, and I think the, the, the first things when you make that, that shift is, whether it's in the business world or whether wherever you make that shift, there's a new culture that you have to learn. Absolutely. And you have to be, be willing to learn that culture. And so my first part of, of exposure was to be open to learn and, 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 and learn what this culture is what what this culture is and how people think and and how they make decisions and why they do what they do uh yeah i guess i mean that's a really a really good analogy you know learning the new culture you know moving from university to a corporate environment moving from the corporate environment to a small company small companies to large company there's so many parallels there in terms of learning those those cultures that you're moving into so i think that's really great advice. And I guess, you know, thinking about your journey till now, 
and until then to to making it to Burundi. You, you know what, what what are the sorts of things that you'd learned over the, the years that have prepared you to make that journey and i'm thinking about that 14 day journey you know what are the skills that you took with you and and also what are the skills that that you know making this journey highlighted that you were missing yeah yeah so uh yeah with going on this journey i i didn't have all the skills i needed <clears throat> so I, I had accounting skills that was completely useless for Bur- in burundi I had ministry skills, but now I had to learn life skills. So uh, uh, life skills is surviving in a country and learning to live in a place uh, as do as the locals do. Now, now Burundi was extremely challenging because the basic things we find and take for granted, uh, there's there's no shops there really, it's going to the market. You have to, everything you have to bargain for everything. So there's no simple process. Sometimes there was shortage of petrol. And so I, I sort of learned to let go of some of the comforts in life. And, uh, and and you realize, well, some of these things I didn't really need. Some of these comforts, uh, what I thought was essential, were not essential. And And living in Australia now, uh, I, I really still miss Burundi because the, pe- the people living in Australia sort of miss a certain part of reality because they think they, they need these things. Now, Australia is extremely wealthy, one of the wealthiest countries in the world. There's no lack. There's no – when it talks about poverty, other than what's happened recently, uh, uh, poverty – people don't have a co- concept of what poverty is and what it means to struggle. And, and you learn resilience. I learned resilience from watching the African people face daily challenges. Just to live in Burundi, just to live is a challenge. And, yeah, and so, uh, yeah, I, I, resilience is a, it's, and, and to do it with joy, you know, to do it with a smile on your face. Uh, yeah, in Australia, I think people seem to be very dissatisfied, yet there's, there's no lacking of, financial resources and as in the uk there's great government support wonderful support in australia uh, but that doesn't bring satisfaction it doesn't bring purpose and and we don't have any lack living in australia but i i think i was even a bit more satisfied in burundi living in an environment where there's there is lack yeah so uh it certainly puts things in perspective, you know, I think we'll find, and I'll, you know, generalize and say Western lifestyles, as you say, you know, people are upset because they can't get the latest iPhone, um, you know, people have moved on beyond landlines, but I'm sure you'll find in Burundi, there's probably hardly any landlines, uh, and, you know, if you're a family that could share an old Nokia mobile phone, you're probably extremely lucky. Yeah, it really is like that, Gunther, and... And, and, and it's a very community-based and a lot of time for people. And, and, and I think that's where satisfaction comes from, uh, spending time with people. It's the people we meet and what we're doing that brings that satisfaction, uh, having time for people. And uh, that, that's the part that, that if I think back, I remember the relationships and the people I met that influenced my life. So whatever we're doing, it's the people we go on journey with that shapes and influences our lives. And, uh, yeah. So um, the journey in Australia is a bit different, but uh, was very rich to go on that journey. Sorry, good time. Yeah, no, no, I'm saying that that's some, some great insight there. And I guess looking, uh, looking at what you'd intended to do when you went to Burundi was obviously to, I guess, bring about change for people, uh, there was an element of you wanting to teach, um, and but I guess if you flip it, if you sort of flip it, you know, flip the coin, there was probably more of you learning uh, than than you were teaching potentially from what you've described. Yes, that's 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 the that's the that's the amazing thing. So I I remember sitting with the the different people and just learning how to have patience with people, learning 
during these stories of people in the war and how they faced challenges, enormous challenges, and, and how they came through it was to me really amazing. Uh, and everybody had uh, quite, a, quite a story of, of how they made it. And uh, yeah, and uh, so I was very, felt very privileged to, to be able to be able to learn uh, from these people. And, and Africans have a lot of stories. They tell stories, they have, uh, and I think we learn a lot from people's stories and lives. And, and yeah, those stories really touched and shaped me. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point you've, you've drawn out there. And, um, you know, storytelling, I think, is starting to get a bit of prominence in the business world, for example, because it's it helps us to relate to people. Uh, we all like stories. And, you know, I guess thinking back before written language, that's how history was passed on, was, was through stories. Uh, yeah. you, know, you know, that's how culture was passed on through generations, through stories. And I'm really glad you, you brought that out because uh, through stories, I think we experience so much and we learn so much. And, you know, in the same way that, y y you know, you're talking through a story now. And I think, you know, both myself and, and the listeners of the podcast as well are learning, are learning new things. And um, I think that's 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 an awesome point that you've drawn out. I think, I mean, looking at those challenges, like, and I, I, I guess, you know, we can only imagine, I think many of us having grown up in the first world can only imagine some of the horrors that the, the, the people of Burundi went through. And I guess, you know, you landing there, you had certain skills that prepared you for some of the stuff. I mean, what were some of the challenges that you found yourself ill-prepared for or some of the things you really battled with? Yeah, so uh, I think some of the major challenges was uh yeah uh, well i had to learn learn a new language and so learn french uh and another a native language uh but uh, uh just to just to relate to people just to relate to people on their level and and so what everything that's prepared me prepared me in, to be able to relate to people in a Western culture. So I wasn't really prepared to, to, to really live in this new culture and, and really be emerged in this new culture. And, and, uh, and, and that, that, that part comes through having a guide. I had someone and I had the privilege to have someone there whom I could talk to regularly and share with regularly uh, uh, a Burundian. So I, I never came to the point where I, I was an expert. I always had this mentor or a local person explaining to me the culture. So it's good. And I really believe in mentors. I've had a lot of mentors in my life. And I think you should have a mentor. And I still do, you know. Because without a mentor, uh, we need somebody to be able to say, hey, are you doing the right thing? Are you going on the right journey? Have you left the path, you know? Uh, those yeah. goals that you set, are you traveling oh, wow. towards those, or where are you where are you traveling towards? You know. Yeah, yeah. And, no, that, that's uh, a great piece of advice about about having a mentor, and it comes up again and again and again. And I think, you you, you know, just the context of in which you explain it, uh, you know, I think things would have been so much more difficult for you without that mentorship and guidance. So, I'm really glad you drew that out. Yeah, you can make so many mistakes, uh, but you need to be willing to have a mentor and. And they come along your way in strange, strange places and strange ways. And but I think in the business world you would have a business mentor, uh, in whatever field, just going to speak to that person and sit down. Hey, you know, I'm really new at this. And people love to share knowledge. People love to share culture. People love to share experiences. Uh, and, yeah, no. and and yeah. That, that that's certainly great advice and 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 mentorship is something that that you know and i guess thinking about you know your your experience in burundi and you you've given up a lot uh, you know in terms of sacrificing a certain lifestyle in in yeah. south africa you you know you you've gone through a, a tough and arduous journey to get there it was a difficult environment you know, so you made a massive investment, and you know, looking back, 
what what were some of the things that made you think that this is all be worth it? You know, what were some of those highlights? Yeah, no, yeah, that's that that's the important thing. You in the beginning when you do it, you always have that question: Is this worth it? You know, yeah, because uh, I'm exchanging monetary value for for a different set of values, a different yeah. set of uh, goals, and and so it is a it's a big it's a big exchange, but. Uh, uh, I, I think uh, I remember I had a lot of experiences along the way. Uh, I had the privilege of organizing uh, events for the 50th year independent celebration of Burundi and and these great public events that I had privileged to organize. And I've met some characters that have been some characters I would have never met in my life, never met. Uh, one of those characters is a is a well, so many of them, but one of those characters was a man who 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 lived in Portland, Oregon, and and he wasn't in a good trade. He he was in a you could say a drug lord, and he got completely changed and ended up moving to Burundi and starting a hospital for people that needed a hospital and the most vulnerable people and the most poor people. And so that shapes your life. And you meet so many of those different people along the way, you know, uh, that also make these radical changes. And uh, yeah, and it's incredible to, to see that because that encourages you. Uh, we, we, we don't go alone on this journey, there's others. Uh, and, and at the end of my time in Burundi, I sat down, I would ask the people, so what was, what for you was the greatest, you know, what was the greatest thing that you learned? Because I went there with a teaching ministry. They said, it's not what you taught us. It's the fact, it's the fact that we experience love. It's the fact that we've experienced that God cares so much about us that he will send somebody like you to come. And I was dumbfounded. I, I sat there and I just, at the end, end up crying because I was so touched that what touched them the most was the, the sacrifices we made to be with them in that situation. And so I think uh, love is a is a huge part of life. This morning I was speaking on the radio. I also got a – I was speaking about love, you know. Uh, and there's in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about love. And it says, if you have no love, you are nothing. If we do not find love, we are a clanging symbol, we are empty, we have no purpose. So I, the value I got from there was I felt loved and I was able to give love to people. I had met, I had met people that had been child soldiers. I remember one guy was a child soldier and he ended up working for me. And, and just that encounter was very enriching. I've had so many rich encounters going to Burundi that I never would have expected. Uh, just because I took the step to go. And I think the whole journey starts with, are you willing to go? Are you willing to make this change? And are you willing to travel and go on this journey? And, uh, yeah, and, yeah, it's, it's exciting. Yeah, no, so I, what I was drawing out was just, I think, you know, the message you shared there in terms of, your feedback from uh, the, the 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 people of Burundi that you'd worked with, uh, and you know, taking them back to a time when they were probably thinking no one cares about us. You know, yeah. there's this this ethnic cleansing, uh, there's this war going on. You know, people are being killed by the thousands. Why does no yeah. one care about this? You know, are the news of the world's cameras not on us? And I think then moving from a place where they were there to, as you say. You know, this guy's come from uh, from another country, and you know he's he's brought us something that we never expected. And uh, I think that's that's an awesome message, and probably that that's the key takeaway in terms of that uh, that 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 I guess reward or um, that's not maybe the right word, but uh, I think the, the the value and the learnings that you took from that. Yeah. So I think I think that's that's you summed that up brilliantly. Um, Thank you, good. And it, it's really the value and. And it's worth it to go for it. Just for that, it's worth it. 
uh, because you make a difference in someone else's life and they make a difference in your life. So I, I can imagine if I never went on the journey, I would have missed so much, didn't I? And you wouldn't uh, know what you'd missed. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah you wouldn't know. And uh, yeah, you wouldn't know what you missed. Yeah, no, that's 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 a great observation. And I, I guess so you spent a number of years in Burundi and but like, you know, with with anything that there comes a time to move on. And, uh, you know, what was that? What was that next transition? Yeah. So so now I developed a certain skills and and, and that was I I had a very good understanding of cross-cultural communication. So uh, I. I, I learned uh, a great aspect of dealing with challenges of poverty um, and the development. Now I found myself making another shift back to South Africa and, and to the academia. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't think I would end up in the academia. And... Uh, and during my time in Burundi, I, I studied, uh, I did a PhD. I did it because I, I wanted to grow. And, uh, and then I found myself moving back to South Africa to a university setting. Uh, and and that's, that was also a, a good experience and a new development. I ended up writing articles, publishing international articles, going to conferences, talking about Burundi, sharing the stories of people there. So it's all connected. It, uh, my journey to Burundi prepared me for going back and, and sharing some of these experiences with others. Uh, but it, it, it is, it's a little bit of an academic environment. Uh, so, so they're learning to, uh, to work very independently, learning not to have those relationships, learning uh, a kind of uh, a new language, how to write academically, because you basically have to learn to speak people's language. Uh, and yeah, and and I recently had a wonderful thing. I've had an article published in the leading book now. I think you've all heard that Black Lives Matters. So I'm with the, a leading group of 30 African scholars from all universities in, Af in, in the US and all over the world. And here I am a, a white scholar having published with black scholars. And so it's a recent thing. It's, it's called African theology. Uh, so completely unexpected, going to an academic setting. <laughs> yeah, but, no, that's... Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that is good. Uh, I, I, I think we are very adaptable. We're more adaptable than what we think as people. And, and yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, I think that's a great piece of advice and uh, is that adaptability because, you know, I guess many people listening would be thinking, oh, I could never make that move to um, to a country that's so unfamiliar or, you know, where the standards of living are so different, where the culture is so different. And, um, you know, I think what you've talked through is saying well, it's absolutely possible if you put your mind to it and you know what your bigger goal is, it's um, it's just, just something you do. And I think... Also moving back, you know, you talked about moving back into the world of academia. That obviously came with its own challenges as well. It wasn't a thing of just, well, I, you know, I'm going back to, 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 to the lap of luxury. It was, again, a new set of skills, like you say, writing academically, uh, learning a new culture, learning yeah. the culture of academia that you, you, you had to learn. Yeah. So I think some, some really good observations as well. Yeah, it, it, it brought a good satisfaction too. Uh, and my articles are still on the internet, but... But even that for a time wasn't satisfying for me. So I'm not sure what kind of person, there's different personalities, but I think I'm this kind of person that needs this change. Uh, you know, some people could be comfortable, but in the, the, the working environment we're living in today, in the past, I've heard people have one job and you end up being in that job for the rest of your life. Maybe our parents and grand grandparents. But today you've studied for one direction, you find yourself in a completely other direction. And that's the way things are working today. And, and it's, uh, it's just using what you've got and willing to learn those new skills. Uh, and, I think and, that's, yeah. spot, that's spot on, Tim. I, you know, I think 
in many instances, the, 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 the kids and, and young adults that are going to university today or, or college or, um, you know, any, any form of education are probably studying or learning for jobs that don't yet exist. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think and, and part of, you know, what I've been wanting to do with this podcast is trying to equip people with those skills uh, that they can take from job to job and 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 create new jobs and create new environments. So I think, as you said, our parents, our grandparents, typically had this job for life. You were employed for life, and we're seeing that's no longer the case. Uh, you, you know, the banking crisis, the coronavirus crisis, now coronavirus crisis. Sorry, you know, jobs are, are are falling away, and and we need those skills. We need the ability to learn. We need to have the willingness to learn and we need to have the tools. We need to be equipped for making those changes and learning what we need to become employable for life, if you want, rather than employed for life. So I think you've absolutely hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, no, no, thank you, Gunther. Yeah, and yeah, the changing times. And, and But that's exciting. It's exciting that there is a potential in us that we don't always see in ourselves. I believe God sees it in us. And 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 we have to to uh, let God develop us. I like to use, you know because for me I'm I believe I'm on a journey with God as well. So I'm on a journey with people. I'm on a journey in my work, and I'm just on this journey with God. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know I think you know yeah. you've you've drawn the key point out there that we don't always see the potential in ourselves and. You, you know, hopefully there are others that can help us on that journey. Um, you know, it, it, it may be physical, it may be spiritual, but like someone else that can help you see that potential. And, yep. you, you know, again, that mentorship, see, help you help you see what you can become and where you can go. So, again, that's that's a really good insight you've drawn out. Yeah. Yeah. And so then being in South Africa, I took another change. I said, well, academia is not for me at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I couldn't see myself spending the next 50 years. I looked at these people and they've been there for 50 years and it's wonderful. And I had great appreciation for what they did, but I couldn't see myself doing it for the next 50 years. And so uh, then I had an excitement. Let's, what else next? So I thought about moving to Canada, you know, and that didn't work out. And then it occurred to me, but hey, I grew up in Australia. So sometimes I think life can be like a circle. You end up going back to where you say, well, I, hey, I'm Australian. I haven't gone back to the country I lived in for 20, 25 years. I've been in all these other journeys. Let me go back. And then you bring all these rich experiences that you've been on to people that have actually never left Australia. It's strange. So they need it. They need this, what you've got. So we always have something that, something that others need. You know, uh, and and yeah, and and so I can see this all fitting in the whole journey. Is I don't think there's accidents. It's this journey, but you have to choose to do this journey. So I remember coming to Australia, and that was a very scary thing as well. Now I'm going to a country where financially I'm not financially secure. Uh, I I'm I'm quite older. I haven't. I'm now beginning really at the bottom again. You know. And can I make it, you know? Uh, yeah. And I remember moving to Australia with $2 in my pocket. Now, I wouldn't recommend that for anybody <laughs> to do that, you know? <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. But I knew that was the journey I had to go on. And as I went, uh, yeah, everything is provided. It's, it's provided, you know? You, you find people extremely kind, uh yeah, doors open. And uh, yeah, and now I find myself in uh, a, two towns, a mining town and a country town, and I'm learning about farming. I'm like, oh, no, I never thought I'd learn about farming. I've been on harvesters with farmers and technical language about farming, and I found, wow, this is really interesting. I'm learning about mining, you know, but I probably won't even end up where I'm now, you know. So, it's interesting to see where will I go to next, you know? But yeah, uh, where I am at the yeah, sorry, good time. No, no, go ahead. So and yeah, then and then comes these opportunities, speaking on the radio and sharing some of those stories I've been through. 
that gives people meaning. Now, Australia, uh, one of the problems in Australia is there's a great drug dependence, uh, drug problem. So it comes when people don't have meaning uh, and there's enough financial resources that they can uh, misuse certain substances. Uh, and now we're thinking of starting a, a, a whole, a, a place to help people with drug rehabilitation. So I was speaking to somebody on the radio today, you know, uh, about Shalom House, you know. Uh, how can we help people who get caught and get caught in this? Because people do get caught in this. Uh, they lose perspective. They, they don't see there's, a, there's something greater out there. And, and, uh, and I end up working in hospitals, chaplains, and, and, and spending, talking conversations with people that they need those special conversations. And that enriches my life. So, yeah, never expected I'll end up working in a hospital as well. You know? So, uh, yeah. Uh, it, it's, you know, it, it, it's kind of summarizing things up i guess it sounds a bit cheesy but it's you know people say it's not about the destination it's about the journey and it does sound cheesy but i think you know listening to the journey that you've taken and and learning about all of those experiences you know certainly does highlight the fact that it is about the journey and uh you know that journey's not over yet as you say you don't know where next uh you're still learning new things you're still challenging yourself you're still helping people so i think you know that's a great a great view to take a great outlook on life and you know it's not thinking oh, i've arrived i've made it and, and that's it you know resting on your laurels so i think uh some some really good insight there uh, again and uh so yeah no i mean this has uh been uh, awesome to chatting and you sharing your journey uh through a number of countries through a number of cultures working through challenges learning new skills so um yeah, I'm really grateful that you've been able to spend some time and, and share that insight and share those stories. So I'm really grateful for that. And I'm sure the listeners are grateful too. I guess just before we end off the show, um, a couple of short questions that are that are that I normally ask. And uh, the one is looking back and you know, if you had a chance to talk to your eighteen year old self, what would what would you tell yourself? If I had to tell my eighteen year old self. Yeah. Uh yeah, I, I wouldn't change anything I've done. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't actually thought about what I would say to myself. Yeah, I, I think the journey, I'm satisfied with the journey I've gone on. And, 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 and yeah, I'm, I'm satisfied. Uh, yeah, yeah no, that's and, great and, because so many people aren't. So I think that's yeah. good advice. And uh, my other question is, are there any books or a certain book that, that you'd recommend uh, for people to pick up? Um, I, I know the obvious one you'd recommend, uh, but, uh, you know, any, any important reading or things that, that, that you pick up regularly? So I've been recommended a, a good book I want to read now called Agents of Change. Agents of Change. Uh, uh, and it's and it's dealing with the psychological aspect of change. So this is this is the part I'm sort of uh, want to grow in a little bit because there's also psychological processes that we need to go in. So I think, I, uh, but short for the author, I can't remember the author, uh, but I can get that to you. Yeah, no, that's so, fine. I, I guess I mean I can we, we can find it and you know if you if you do think of it, I'll because what I'll do afterwards is I normally do I write up the show notes and I put some links in there. Uh, and and so certainly I'll link to the book so that the listeners can easily easily find it. Uh, yeah. And I, I guess finally, then, where can people go if they want to connect with you or find out a little bit more about your work? Yeah. So at the moment, uh, I have uh, on the radio, and so I can send the link. Uh, a person can li listen to it live on the radio, and. Uh, there's some, there is a website, church website, but I've got some articles on that, that could be interesting to read. So yeah, just Google my name. Yeah, the, the ones in Burundi are, are very interesting. And, and then this recent one uh, in this book of uh, African theology. 
I know it might appear more at this moment uh, to Black Lives Matters, but I think it's good to understand different people's perspectives. When we understand people's perspectives, uh, we also grow. You know. Yeah, so, uh, absolutely. It's that, it's that empathy that's that yeah. that's so important. Okay, now that's brilliant. What I'll do is I'll I'll pull out some of those links. I'll also pop them in the show notes so they're easy for listeners to follow, uh, and uh, people can. Uh, can then go and follow them and read a little bit more. So, um, yeah, no, that, that's been brilliant, Tim. I'm, I'm really so grateful. I think, you know, you could probably go on for another three hours talking about some of some of your experiences. Uh, so, uh, But I really do appreciate the time you've spent and the insight you've shared. Uh, it, it's been really, really, really awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Gunther. And, uh, yeah, thank you for listening to me. And uh, I really appreciate what you're doing, Gunther. Yeah, no, no, thank you. Um, I, I've really enjoyed our chat, as as I always have. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, Gunther. Wow, what an amazing story and an amazing journey. I'm so glad that Tim could join us today and share his insights and experiences with us. It's been a fantastic hour that we've spent together. Before we finish off, though, I'm just going to draw out some of the key bits that jumped out to me as we went through the conversation and as I listened back to the to the recording. And I think the first one uh, all around, um, you know, finding your purpose was the fact that um, Tim had said that where he was, he wasn't being exposed to new ideas and he felt he kind of wasn't getting that stimulation that he needed. Uh, You know, he decided to progress or to do something else. And the takeaway that he um, shared from that was it was never too late to study something new or to learn something new. So, you know, you have to be open to these new ideas, embrace these new ideas and be willing to to learn. The one thing that he did say that in moving forward and finding your purpose and finding that thing you wanted to do was that there had to be a conviction. You have to be convinced that this is the thing to do and you have to be certain of it. Um, other things that sprung out, and again, these are common themes that come up in so many of our interviews, uh, and this one was being flexible, the ability to be flexible and to embrace change. Uh, so important, and especially some of the experiences that Tim went through, nothing had prepared him academically or in his life skills to deal with some of the change or I guess some of the experiences that he was having to deal with. Um, we talked about being open to opportunities, and again, this has come up before, and certainly this is what happened to Tim in thinking about what was the next step, what was the way forward this opportunity to go to Burundi came up. So always be open to opportunities and open to new parts of your journey. Uh, Resilience, Tim spoke about. Again, you know, he talked about uh, landing or or ending up in this hostile environment where he didn't know the language and everything was really difficult and even the basics were not there. So building up resilience really helped him to deal with with that. And uh, he also talked about, um, you know, uh, being able to relate to people. Uh, and again, this was quite difficult because the culture was so vastly different from what he knew. The language was different. So, you know, he made the investment. He learned French so he could um, speak with the people of Burundi. And again, the other thing that worked really well with uh, him or for him was having a guide or having a mentor. And he talked about this mentor a number of times. And again, this is something that comes up time and time again, the value of having a mentor Again, you know, we often talk about it in the context of a um, an organization or a commercial organization. It was a slightly different context here, but it was someone who was local. They knew the lay of the land. They knew the culture. They knew the language, and they really helped Tim get through some of those, those difficult times. Uh, cross-cultural communication was something that Tim drew out, and, you know, certainly it's one thing to know the language. I think, you know, speaking French in uh, in France, for example, is very different to speaking French in Burundi, a totally different culture. And exposing yourself to these diversity uh, of culture and geographies really helps you build those skills as well. You know, it helps you work across c- cultures and really does equip you with some powerful, powerful skills. Um, and then I guess to finish off, Tim added some really good thoughts and he said, we don't always see the potential in ourselves. And, you know, you know, I think that's often the case where people kind of look inwards or, you know, they introspect, but they can't often see the potential in ourselves. And Tim said that there are people out there and other people need, need what we have. 
you know, not materially, you know, we're not thinking about stuff like that, but in this case, they just needed that love that, that Tim brought and that, that interest and that drive that he had to, to make a change and make a difference. So if you, if you don't think you've got something to offer, you definitely do because, you know, there's other people out there that do need uh, what, what you have to offer. So really, really key takeaway there. And, uh, and then I think the final thought for myself was, uh, again, something Tim said, and he says, you know, when you evaluating your situation think if you can see yourself doing the same thing in the next 50 years and you, you know if you can't it's probably not the right thing you're doing you're not in the right environment and he related it to going back after his travels to Burundi going into academics seeing that you know yes it was good it was teaching him some new skills he couldn't be doing that till you know for the next 50 years so it was time to move on and think about the next adventure and the next step in the journey so, wow, yeah, and there's some really great takeaways there. Uh, I will write these up in the show notes as well and, and share them in the show notes. Um, so, yeah, all I can say again is thank you to Tim for joining us on the show and sharing his his experiences and his insight and his journey. And thank you to all the listeners. Uh, I do really appreciate your time and I hope to uh, welcome you back to the next episode. In the meantime, take care. Bye-bye.